Hey guys, welcome to the Geekening Podcast. This is Mufsin here, your uh, privileged host. So uh, we have a special guest today. You guys are, some of you guys are probably, you know, into Dungeons and Dragons. I'm kind of uh, into D&D myself. But this gentleman here, he's actually been inspired by that and also with the history of his homeland of Romania to create a game which is described as a classless soulless anime themed tabletop RPG game and it's called Flagstone Dreams of God. This is being developed by Gakriva Studio and I hope uh, we get to see more of this once we have this conversation going so please want to introduce you to Christian. Thank you Christian for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell us about Flagstone. How did you come up with the concept? Ooh. Well, in 2018, I started to learn about some interesting stuff about our history, which are not very mainstream. But it, it went a little bit into, into the conspiracy realm. Let's, let's say like that. But archaeology proof started to appear one by one, one by one. So every everything was starting to be debunked. Like uh, there was, there is this ancient tunnel, which that was the legend that I grew up with, that would connect Puchechi Mountains to the Great Pyramid of Giza, to the Puri Temple in India, and so on. And that, that's just too much even to do it today. It will cost a trillion dollars, so I don't know, maybe more. And uh, in this legend, it says that the carriages would go through this tunnel. So imagine a huge carriage carried by two horses with a bunch of soldiers around this would go through this. And when it started to go outside of the legend and the conspiracy realm, it was when they discovered the tunnel tunnel that leads from the Black Sea where it's connected to Romania, almost to Turkey, which is a huge, huge distance. And then another portion was discovered in Iraq, but because of the war, further research couldn't happen. And there is an interesting triangle, very, very long tunnel in India as well, which we don't know if those are connected because waves and stuff like that kind of destroyed very dangerous. So that's where I started and I wanted to showcase the mythological pictures of this legendary place because it's totally different. It's somewhat similar to the Witcher because the Polish ancient culture, I mean medieval culture, it's kind of the same with uh, Romanian ancient culture. And uh, I went to work for a studio, which I'm not sure if I can talk about it too much, but there I met Tony, which became my partner, and he's the game designer of Flagstone. He came up with some interesting theories on how to make it levelless, classless, but there was a power grip problem, which happens in every single player game. And I had the solution for that, but I didn't have a proper framework on how to make it levelless to classes. And we merged together. Flagstone name is actually his 
he he gave this name and we've decided to make a tabletop TTRPG and the oh, I mean, tabletop RPG and uh, an RPG for PC as well called the Gate Legacy. But for that we don't have footage yet. We are still building the prototype for it. And uh, if you will play the PC game based on the mechanics on that, you will know how to play the TTRPG and vice versa. So we're trying also to bring these two types of players together. Yeah, because I mean, D&D is such a complex game and tabletop itself, it's like, um, I can, I can see it being, you know, transferable as a video game, but you don't see a lot of those, uh, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, having that concept. So it's, it's great to see that developers like yourself are working on these type of games to, you know, help, you know, uh, bring that culture together, but also kind of bringing in newcomers who are not familiar with, you know, tabletop games such as this. So it's it's incredible that you guys are working on such a project and especially uh, utilizing Unreal Engine 5, which, you know, every developer is using now. Like, that's quite quite a substantial task. I should say, you know, just being able to use that that engine. Uh, like, what were the challenges that you had trying to, you know, develop um, the game from scratch using that engine? Uh, if you can share, you know, what what, what you have. Oh my god! I don't <laughs> even know what this. <laughs> One of the things that. Blackstone will allow you, like uh, the TTRPG now you can get it and play test with your friends. You can even play test on our channel if you want with us, uh, the mechanics of it, because we are trying to do that as regular as possible. But uh, in order to bring that to the, to the PC, oh my God, to make it classless and levelless, like the framework is, is, is kind of there like it's achievable by, by many many aspects the problem comes in when you create an ability because on the ttr you can literally imagine an ability and you can create it that's how it's designed but you're doing that with words so it's extremely easy but on the pc oh my god that was a huge problem to tackle with so but in the demo you will actually see that that uh, we will have some let's call them components some components prepared and based on how you arrange or pick from those components you will create unique abilities by the time that the game is out you will basically if you imagine or you want to recreate superpower from any movie or anime or manga if there is no anime for it yet you will be able to do it that's our goal i'm very confused why this is not achieved in a triple a game yet you have a bunch of spells you unlock the spell i can do the spell that's not how you will do it in flagstone in flagstone you would want to make a 
time travel spell that after you time travel it will spawn a bunch of creatures and then they will set on fire and explode probably i don't know this is a crazy example that just came up down my mind you can do that if you want to make a fireball that just lights up it will just light up you want to make a fireball that will set things on fire you will make a fireball that set things on fire so it's only limited by that that was a very big hard part now another part of it to make everything destructible and craftable oh my this design took almost a year to to kind of put together because voxel was the obvious answer you have mic that you can destroy everything you can aside from bedrock you can create everything you see you can create now we wanted to achieve the same thing but to have graphic fidelity like you have i don't know in can i say name of games i'm not sure how yeah you can you can say whatever game comes to mind i mean i could probably think of a few that kind of hitting that ballpark i think what comes to mind for me when i hear about this is like Baldur's Gate or i think neverwinter nights is also another one that kind of has that similar thing but what you guys are doing is more of a you know traditional tabletop experience which yes. i do admire that you guys are tackling that yeah but on the pc side it will be a third person yeah of course so you will have a third person perspective because of the cool animations we don't want to have those right because mm -hmm. <laughs> it will just have camera rolls or something like that we we managed to do that and now we have environment that you can destroy it. buildings that you can destroy it of course you can create them we weren't sure where to go there is there is an example out there, like for example, Seven Days to Die. That's a game you can make anything you see in the game out of cubes, basically. It's, let, let's call them cubes, not all of them cubes, but that's the principle of it. It's not like Rust, where you have, or Ark, Survival Evolved, where you have pieces of walls or something like that. Uh, we will kind of be between those two options, because you will be able to make your walls and you will be able to put Forms there. Let's let's say like that. You will be able to make your own furniture and or your own how you visualize. You want to have you let's say your base, and then you will have more option customize it. Not just have a bunch of templates that you smash together and then now I have my base. Oh, so you're gonna have like your basic. Uh... Like, like the the basic pack of stuff that you can build and then i guess from then on you can you know kind of upgrade that as you choose is that how it works mm. you will have to make your own temp there will be templates but you can make also your own template okay to be able to really create what you imagine not to be limited by our templates this was the second thing the, mm. another problem that probably you played no man's sky you see you have a fully destructible world you can actually dig through the world that's voxel so it doesn't need to look like minecraft to have voxel in destructible environment and we managed to do that to this point as well now 
there is a problem. Maybe you saw it if you played No Man's Sky. If you dig a tunnel, you will start to see the same material on the ground as you see on the surface. Now, we kind of managed to tackle that problem, not to spawn grass inside the cave, because that's weird. Yeah. Or, or the same material, but the, the, that was a little bit complicated. Another one that we didn't know that we can achieve, and now we're sure that we can achieve, because we, we partnered with the company, unless I can talk about, unless they tell me that I can talk about them, I will, till then. Sorry for being secretive. It's okay. Whatever information you can give. The talk to NPCs. That's, that, that I think will be a game changer in the industry of any RPG ever played. Now, there are some examples out there where you can issue commands. Or there is a game where you can say a spell. You'll learn those words. And then you can actually talk into your mic with your the name of the spell and it will perform that spell or you you actually have your you actually have your phone with you and you can say hey siri do this hey siri call that friend or something like that so voice commands are quite common and the computer knows how to react to those voice commands and we weren't sure how to pierce that gap not to make Siri NPCs, or I don't know, Alexa NPCs. <laughs> and with the help of these people, we will actually be able to make NPCs talk. So you will can have a conversation with an NPC like you're having with your friend. Now, all these features sound crazy because nobody tackled with a lot of them. Yeah, it sounds a lot like a live service, like how they, uh, you know, they have the game and you can only play it online, but that like every month they'll tend to like add new features, uh, you know, put into your game. Is that the, the kind of um, uh, strategy, strategy that you're going with going into uh, this project? We want to make it multiplayer because that's the whole point of it to make the TTRPG as the same as the PC RPG, but uh, we, we don't want to make it the subscription based or something pay to win, stuff like that. We, we, we want to avoid as much as possible that there will be some paid stuff in the game, but that those will be 100% uh, Cosmetics. They, they okay, got got it. Any pay to because we want everybody to have the freedom of unleashing their imagination in this. Now, what we want to tackle it like our goal with all this craziness put together. Because normally, when you see a game design, you see okay, they picked this feature and they go crazy with this feature, and that's the game evolving around that feature. Why we have so many features, it sounds like we don't know where we want to go. Actually, by giving uh, any player this much freedom, we want our purposes to go... I'm not sure if cure is the right word, but ameliorate depression as much as we can. And definitely cure anxiety in the game. That's our ultimate goal with all this. 
and they they will uh, you will see them fit like a glove at the end when we have another uh, there is another it's it's testing game testing company in germany that uh, they put a hat on your head with a bunch of cables and with that hat they know what emotions experience during gameplay and what that gives us if uh, the player feels too bored with some features or if he starts to feel depressed or sad or something like that we can modify those a little those features in such a way to make somebody truly happy because there is a, a psychiatrist or therapist and i'm not sure how to translate psychologist a psychologist is that the right word okay psychologist or neurologist psychologist okay who works psychology i don't know how to say properly in english this with but, yeah yeah without medication so she's not the shrink she's the one that talks to just got it yeah so psychologist is the right oh, okay okay <laughs> still learning here um, yeah. I lost my train of thought I know yeah I know you were talking about the the helmet and the, you know trying to get yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah with with the help of there was Alison I don't remember the last name but she actually suffered the it was an accident and she had some brain damage I'm not sure if that's the proper phrasing to use it and she realized through games you can actually cure that depression and anxiety and she created a bunch of psychology games that she was managed to take her phd in that, in that. and that motivated even more to put these features together in such a way that we will make the people interact with one another and then kind of break the depression i think there is a nice break that needs to happen as well i'm not sure i'm not a <laughs> psychologist myself but this this will definitely help a lot and i know this is also a roguelike experience as well how does that help yeah no game over screen okay so when you die uh, you will have three options but uh, basically in the demo me that we're about to make it you will be able to let, let's say you died you went into combat the monster was just too powerful you died you go to the afterlife and you will be reborn then because of other legal issues that it's just too much in some countries you will be born at age 16 and then you will start your adventure so basically the time will forward 16 years and now you will continue your life and because of the dynamic nature of the game everything will change around you so let's say you take a quest from blacksmith and go find some iron ore and I will make the swords for the military or something like that. Doesn't matter, the quest will generate by themselves. They're 
there are no there are no scripted quests. <coughs> you take this quest, you go to the mind that Bletchley talks about, or you don't he maybe he doesn't know a mind. And you go outside another NPC, you go talk to him and tell him do you know any iron mine in the area? And he will probably say, Yeah, there is one, but it's too dangerous. You will go there, you die. Now forward 16 years into the future, you're in a new body, so that body will have different traits from his parents or her parents or whatever the pronoun would be. You, you will go back to that village. For, let's say you want to go back to that village. You find that guy, now it's 16 years older, probably he will be an old guy by this point with white beard, I don't know, give, just giving an example. And you go to him and you will realize that the quest was finished. And so what does this mean? This means that not only you as a player, but also the NPCs can take quests. So he will put out this request. And now everybody's wants, based on their personality, wants to go out and venture. They will go out and look for iron ore. And if somebody's faster than you, you kind of lost. <laughs> <laughs> now you need to find other quests. Now, not to make it look like a boring simulation with monsters, we have a protagonist and an antagonist in this game. One will be Anna and one will be Shitara. Shitara is an ancient goddess that was mistreated by her father. This is actually from the Hindu mythology, because apparently the Getty mythology, how we call it today, Romania, and the Hindu mm -hmm. mythology have way too much in common. Like, there is just too much. Even if you go now in Romania and you see with the, the plant that not in, in an Orthodox church, which supposedly they Christianized everybody in this country, because nobody will tell you he's not a Christian in this country. Of course, there are some exceptions like Muslims and so on, but everybody believes in one God here. So there's no polytheist culture or something, or tribes or something like that. And you. You go to an Orthodox church during a, I don't know, a big celebration and we'll see the plant that the priest is using. And now you go to India, visit India, and you see what a yogi or guru plant is using yeah. to, to bless. It's the exact same plant. You look at the traditional clothes. The Indian is just a little bit longer. Like they have longer clothes, like longer, mm, Sticks is called like I don't know what this shirt is called in English. Long, it's just long. The colors are the same, the patterns are the same. You will see now, of course, in today, if you go there, you will see flowers on traditional clothes. But no, normally it was swastikas all over the place. But because Hitler happened, we had to remove them, even though. We had those way before Hitler was born, or his grandfather, grandparents mm. was born. <laughs> we had those symbols, but because of that and the international laws and so on, we had to take down them. Now, today, you, if you go in India, you can still see the swastikas on the ancient temples, because that's the goddess of time, that's her symbol, and we had the same symbol. 
So because of these connections, we pick the antagonist, Shitara. Now, Shitara, because she's, was, uh, she had a lot of issues, she was mistreated, she was cast away, she, all, she became the god of, god of shape-shifting, basically. So she can shape-shift in any, because that was her only escape from the gods, especially her father. And uh, she goes to another world, which you will be, you will encounter more in, in the TTRPG, you will only go into this other world. And that's called Duendry. And she will try to recruit from there and conquer this realm to get revenge on the gods. Now, the protagonist is somebody that doesn't know she's a god yet. And she's fighting for humanity. And you have these two giant AIs that every time you will start the game, it, you will be able to join one, join the other, make your own faction and fight with both of them, which that will be a heck of a challenge, but it's possible. And you can have your own story and your own ending because of that. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of similarities between the the Romanian, you know, mythology and then with the Hindu mythology as well. So I, I had no idea about that, but that's 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 great. Like you have all these different deities you can kind of draw from and then try to, you know, be part of that, you know, vast world. So uh, I know you talked a bit about the research you guys done on, you know, for this game. Can you talk a bit about like some of the, um, like some of the real world locations that you guys used to, you know, put into the game itself? Like, I think, I think uh, in the show notes you mentioned you'll see some, you know, some of those locations, but like more ancient, it ruined in some places. Can you talk a bit about that? Yes. So. Based on the archaeology find funds, there was a lot of cities in this area, which are older based on what our history teaches, teaches us. And based on the history in that age, it was in Mesopotamia when everything started. But there is proof now to show that even text is older than the Sumerian text, we still, if you go to school now, you will still learn the Sumerian text is the older, oldest. Now there is the actually text in South Transylvania. It's called the Tartaria tablets, which is 1,500 years older than any Sumerian text. Uh, there is a location called Sarmesejitusa, very close to this ancient tablets place. And this was the capital of Dacia. This is one of the sacred locations that you, you will, if you visit in the game, you can come here and actually see the ruined version of that place. Another place that is more mystical and magical in its nature is called the Sphinx of Romania. It looks like a cyclops, giant head or something like that. And that's on the top of the mountain. And uh, 
in that area it's you feel refreshed for some reasons there is no yet scientifically proof there was something that says that magnetism vibration or something like that it's very similar to the human vibrations or some something along those lines but it was debunked because that wasn't the case with the tools that they used mm. And that's another place that you can visit. So if you visit from the Sphinx of Romania, there is actually a guided route that you can take and you will see that you feel very fresh and you're going up the hill and you're not getting tired as you're going up the stairs in your block or in your house, whatever, which is quite amazing. There is another place that will be in the game. It's called the Seven Springs where water comes from the mountain and because it goes through some ore, golden and silver ore through the ground, somehow when it gets out, it, it doesn't contain any nitrates, it doesn't contain any bacteria, any viruses, nothing at all. It's considered the most purest water on the planet. And that will be another location that we want to highlight about this place. Plus, there are a bunch of mountains in shape of pyramids that uh, there are some theories about there actually being pyramids, not just geological formed mountains, like some was discovered in South America the same way. It was considered a mountain in the shape of a pyramid, just the area was lucky and the tectonic plates just shaped in the form of a pyramid. And in 2008, if I'm not wrong, they somebody started to take the earth away and they actually found stones and now it's a pyramid that you can visit in South America. So we think those might be from the same era here as well, which we want to include in the game. There is a cave, very not very well known. In that cave was discovered the oldest human footprint in the world, which is dated around 60,000 years ago, and uh, bugs the historians because we were cavemen based on the time frame, but or monkey like creatures. But the footprint is identically to a human days. How you would let the footprint in the mud, it's the same in that cave, except that was petrified or calcified or something like that. We will also include the legendary tunnel where it's supposedly be, but uh, that will be more, more in the mythical realms. Another cool part that you can see here it will be a maze close to where Romania connects to the Black Sea. There is an underground maze that has way too much history. That's why the Dacians manage, a bunch of Dacians manage to win against an army of Roman Empire soldiers because of this maze. So they lured almost a legion in these caves and they never went out. And surprisingly, in 2018 was finally opened for the public because it was considered a natural disaster because a bunch of parts was caving in and now they kind of reinforced some it some of it thing that you can fit inside three cities in this maze 
so it's it's quite huge and we have uh, Decebal, which is carved in on the Danube and Danube River when it's basically an entire mountain it's a huge head of one of the kings of the issue oh wow but we don't want to recreate any historical event we want to put the people in kind of in those shoes of who lived there with a bunch of mythological twists here and there but we don't want to recreate a historical moment because there is just too much controversy about that right yeah uh, and then one other thing i want to discuss is the multiplayer aspect of this so how uh how is that feature going to fit into this game like will you be like are you going to be starting like a campaign with a group of people or is it going to be like i guess anyone can jump in is like how, how is that going to work because I know you talked about the single player and a little bit about the multiplayer part of it, but if you can maybe expand a little bit about the multiplayer a little bit. Sure. So the multiplayer part will be even more something like a local multiplayer. Like I, uh... So it's not going to be online, it's going to be local, or is it going to be both? Yeah, you can invite your friends in your server. We Okay. Based on the tech that we are using and how computers work today of course there is the mass entity system which is a mad thing that makes uh, the cache and ram talk very very optimal that kind of improves things but not too much and you will still be able to have a bunch of friends invite them to your world and play together with them go do quests together and so on <laughs> but the the we won't have a server like at the world of warcraft or perfect world or something like that we won't have a server filled with people and we controlling the server it, it will be your world your seed you will control your world with you with your friends of course it's... yeah because i was like a little concerned about that like when you have a game like this massive you know, like, of course, you're going to need, like, very powerful servers to, you know, kind of maintain that. But with something like this, it's more like you have the control of the landscape. So it's kind of like you have your own server with, you know, many other players that are doing their own as well. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that, that's actually kind of fascinating to hear you know that you're going that route because obviously you're going to need a powerful engine but with this it feels like you're not using that much power to to you know have a lot of people play uh, in your you know, in your world so that's actually pretty cool yeah but in order to replicate that means in order to show you what i'm doing on my game Let's yeah. say I destroy this, I make a hole in the ground, so I destroy that part. In order for your computer to register that, and we will be able to play together. On the voxel side, uh, you see the choices that was made. So 
like in Minecraft, for example, how much you had to tune down the graphics and everything right. in order to make that happen. And Ark Survival Evolved kind of, they didn't make the world destructible, like you cannot dig through the ground or something like that. But even there, you can see they, they chose this route because it's just too much for a server to handle a thousand players and to replicate and create instances for everything. It, it's, it's just too much. Like, for example, if you play GTA 5 online, mm-hmm. you will see after you, there are 25 people on the map or some or 50 or I don't, I don't remember exactly what, what are their cap. You will go, you will still go on the same map having your still your stuff, but you won't see those 50 people there. We'll see now the other 50 people will gather, and now another instance of that will be created. And you won't meet with those 100, and so on. And this goes on forever, but before that, you just need too much servers. And we being an indie studio, it's it's too much for us. And also, we are startups. Right. Starting small, yep. Yeah, we're starting small. That's why we chose the local multiplayer route. Um, like you asked me about the monetization in the beginning. Now it popped into my head how we will make uh, in-game purchases or something like that. We want to give a lot of freedom, like I said, and there will be uh, some custom stuff there, the cosmetic stuff. That you will basically help us further develop from that stage on. If you want, like if you don't want to, you you don't need to pay for those cosmetics. Of course, you you will still be able. You have access to any feature in the game. And <laughs> in the future, if we go to a multiplayer route, then probably it will be something like a subscription based but i don't want to go there too much because that's that's not even planned got it properly so mm-hmm. the local multiplayer is 100 percent. this is it if i don't know let's say there will be a survey at one point or podcast like this and we will see on the comments by the new a hundred thousand people says we want servers. We want to play with a hundred people at once. Then that will probably be another option in your game that you will need to pay for that probably monthly or something like that in order for us to achieve something like that. Because we need top-notch servers to be able to run such features. Unreal Engine Five indeed provides us some some crazy things that. If you ask me two years ago, I would tell you that you would be you're crazy if you think that the technology <laughs> yeah. evolved so fast and now you can put billions of polygons there and it's incredible. Yeah. On a console. <laughs> I mean that's just too much. <laughs> are you are you relying on crowdfunding for this? I know you had a Patreon page set up for the game as well. Is that something you're uh, also using to help, you know, build up on on the game? No, I think that currently we are all volunteers. Oh, just volunteers. Okay. Okay. Working together from all over the world, from LA to India. Oh wow! So 
together. How how many on your team? Well, sixteen currently. Okay. And around forty people by now contributed to the game. Oh, okay. So you guys are already kind of building yourself, um, kind of a, a little big development team there. So that that's actually great, and you actually have other people around the world also helping you as well. So that's actually a very big collaborative effort. Yeah, because once I managed to show them that this is not just a crazy idea or something like that, it's actually I'm able to implement something like that. Uh, people got hooked and they saw the potential in this and they just are helping day by day, day by day, whenever they can. Of course, it's like I said, it's not paid, but we're hoping with the first let's call it demo mvp will be the business term for it get an investment for it so i'm not sure if if we get enough traction we will try crowdfunding but if not we will go to an angel investor got it do you guys have like a timeline on when we'll have a possible demo to, to you know see how the game looks or is it still uh it's so ways ways away. We're hoping this year to showcase the features, not in its complete form, of course, but to showcase yes, in a simplistic version of how the features will look like. Because once you see it in place, you will see the potential, how far it can go out. Like, for example, I was talking about anything you can imagine you can create, your abilities. You will see from the demo, probably you will have unlocked some components and then you can arrange them. You can see that from that point on, we have the framework and we can add more and, and, oh yeah, now I remember what I wanted to say with the paid cosmetic stuff. We also want to launch a modding stuff. So let's say you don't have the funds or a you just want to enjoy you don't want to support the game for some reason we don't judge for that or we're not greedy for that we but that will be definitely after the game is fully released there will be a creation kit for mothers that will be able to add stuff to the game that's cool and then i guess we'll be able to keep up with that on on the socials i guess on yes, yeah definitely. Once we have this, there will be videos appearing. For now, we have some sketches, some images out there. Not much. We I was looking at those. Those are, those are actually pretty cool. I like I like the designs of the creatures and the uh, and and some of the NPC players I saw too. Yeah, initially we had a different. Like we have, we had the small portion of the map where you will go through these features, but we had to change that design because you were kind of locked there. And the right. purpose of this game is to go and do whatever you want. And um, that change caused a lot of delay. Are you, are you still playing uh, D&D on your spare time? Have you find, found any time to play D&D? I actually played Flagstone. Oh, you've just been doing more of the Flagstone. Gotcha. Yeah, we're playtesting a lot. 
So if you go on the Flagstone community server on Discord. Oh, so you already set up a campaign already on on Flagstone? Yes, yes. Okay. On the TTRPG, that, that you will have like like the let's put the ND as an example because that's the most common one and well known worldwide. Mm -hmm. You will still have the box, like you can go to the store and buy the box. Yeah. Probably order your models if you want to, or something like that. But uh, our goal with the Flagstone Dreams of God, the TTRPG version of the Flagstone, will be that if you go on the Flagstone website, you read the rules, you get your spreadsheets, templates, you will be able to play it. You don't need to pay us anything. Because of the pandemic and what happened during the times, um, we, uh, we, we realized that we need to offer something back um, from our huge package or so. Got it. So you're, you're, you're kind of helping, like having, giving something back to the supporters that have been, you know, looking forward to the game. So this is kind of your, kind of a gift to them. That's actually yes. really, that's really good. And this is through the Discord, right? Yes, we, we do the playtest on Discord. Okay. Because it's way easier to connect like that. And now Discord became so popular. Also, it has all those bots where you can do the dices and everything like that. Mm. There is a lot of map generators and stuff like that where you, you can craft stories, like the GMs can craft crazy stories with things placed on the map and stuff like that. How many campaigns have you guys gone through? Has it just been one long one or have you guys done multiple? We, we started to make a long one because we want to tackle features by feature and to see if we have any problems. That's why I'm inviting everybody who wants to join in and give us honest feedbacks. I don't like that. I like that that's cool, that's broken, or these two are the same, or something like that. That's actually a good idea, you know, having, you know, having players being able to do that so you can get the feedback that you need to, you know, help, you know, focus on what works and what doesn't work once, uh, you know, the actual game comes to fruition. So that's, yeah, that's good. you're not only helping us developing the game, you're also helping other people who won't be able to afford the game and will go on the website and download the templates and just play with their friends or something like that. So you're not just helping us, you're helping a lot of other people as well. And uh, we can expect this game to release on PC and I think uh, Xbox Series X and PS5 as well? Yes, yes. We want to go to the consoles as well. Gazariel. <laughs> made magic and now it's possible <laughs> well i appreciate the time that you took to uh, talk with us about flagstone we at all Asia geek cannot wait to see this game once it once it finally comes out but until then uh, as uh, christian said you guys can check out uh on their socials uh, which will be on the show notes uh you can also join their discord to you know check out the game you know the the campaign i should say and then you know kind of give your feedback and see how you guys like the game 
Is there anything else you want to add, Christian, before we go? Mm -hmm. Just come join us and have fun with us. Because we're, we're open. We don't have a locked door. <laughs> well, you heard it there, guys. The door is always open if you guys want to play some Flagstone. Thank you so much, Christian. And uh, best of luck to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, make sure you guys listen in on the Geekening podcast for all of our interviews and also check out our site as well. Thank you so much. And you guys, we'll see you on the next podcast. <laughs>